0: Hour number two, Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider after dark, pretty much. Got six days before the big day. Wyatt, let's get an update. I know you're a a last-minute guy. Have you started with the the shopping? Not really.
1: (laughs) Again, I can't stress enough how last-minute I am. Um, The
2: stores have been horrible. At least last weekend, they were.
1: Yeah, I had a... An aunt that, that came to town the other day, her and her husband, and we, they, they, you know what they were looking for? They were shopping for K State Big 12
0: championship gear for Christmas gifts. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, I am the best shopper for myself. <laughs> and so I. But bad for everybody else? No, or? I'm not, no. you know, I, I have ideas. Okay. You know, I think I think Lindsay will be pretty happy with her gifts this year. There you go. I put in some thought, and uh, but I, I figured like the Big 12 championship stuff, especially with my size. I'm a medium slash large. It depends on the brand, right? But uh, so I figured, you know, I'm a very common size. Mediums are are what go first usually. So I needed to get out there and get a just get a bot, just get it now. And so I bought myself a. Big 12 championship sweater. Perfect. Because I wanted to wear it, and uh, I heard, you know, potentially we could see maybe some colder temperatures in New Orleans, but we'll see. Um, Got a cousin down there. They kind of gave me a heads up on that. It just kind of cools off a little bit this time of year. Makes sense. But I went ahead and bought it. Uh, It was the Rally House script champs. Yeah. I was a big fan of that one, so decided to go with that. Perfect. And also bought myself a Manhattan High football state championship hoodie. There you go. And both of them fit perfectly. I'll be quite honest with you, Why I've put on a few pounds since being in this relationship, and that's kind of what people do when they sure. get in relationships. Put on a few. Cooking's really good. Can't blame anybody but myself. Uh, but they both fit very well, so I was very <laughs> happy about that. That
1: is good news. Yeah. but uh, No, I'm, I'm late as always. It just is.
0: Here we are. I I think about halfway done. Like yeah. I, I got to get some I always wait to get the gift cards like last minute for some reason, but I always leave that for last. Uh but I still got to get a few things for my folks. I want to get one more thing for my girlfriend and then I'll probably call it a day. There you go. You know. Uh but I always my my fear is just leaving somebody out like, "Oh gosh, dang it, I forgot to get that person something." It's not like I have a ton of people to shop for anyway. But uh you know, I just don't want to disappoint anybody. I'm also not, the, I'm not a fan of gift-giving amongst adults. I think that's unnecessary. Mm. Economically, doesn't make sense. Sure. And I think a lot of people probably feel I like I think that. for the kids, I think this, that should be something for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I gave my mom the idea, and I don't know if I told you this, but it started a couple of years ago, and then she really took the reins last year. I was like, you know what? Why don't we just like, all bring some gift cards? Because my dad built a bar. And uh, it's a very popular place in Morganville. I was like, but, you know, when it's just us and it's Christmas, why don't we just get a bunch of gift cards? He's got a bunch of games. Like, he's got darts, foosball, card games, a whole bunch of games in there. Beer pong. Let's just compete for these gift cards. Make a competition out of it. There you go. And that's what we did last year, and it was a blast. Sure. I, so, I can see that. Out, it's yeah, so, something different. There's an idea yeah. for other people out there if you want to do that. It's a great time. Makes things really interesting when you play those games. Um, Speaking of games, I'm I'm telling you, I know you're leaving the 26th. I'm leaving the 28th. I cannot wait to get to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. And you know what? I I talked to Troy about this last week, and I think it was, what, Friday, right, is when we found out because Alabama had their first practice. And I know Nick Saban had a press conference, I think, today or Sunday, whenever it was. I haven't listened to it yet. But hearing that Will Anderson – Bryce Young, everybody else that hasn't jumped into the transfer portal is yeah. expected to play, mm-hmm. I think I'm now more excited Are you? for the game. Because I, like, I just like getting their best shot. You know, Nick Saban is probably thinking to himself, you know what, I've beaten everybody, haven't I? <laughs> but I haven't beaten the Nick Saban of the FCS. Why can't I? I need to beat Chris Kleiman. So I got to I got to get these guys pumped up for this game. Can't let them jump into the portal or jump into the <laughs> jump into the uh you know NFL draft right away, you know. Big opportunity for Alabama. Yeah. You know it, <clears throat>
1: it's an interesting subject with them and and the lack of opt-outs. I, I think it says a lot about their football players. Um and and I understand why guys make those types of decisions. There's for for a guy like Bryce Young or a guy like Will Anderson, there there are Millions of dollars on the line, and yet they're going to they're going to stick it out and finish it out with their teammates. And I, I, just, I mean, you heard Coach Kleiman talk about that today, and how cool that was, and how many players said, "Hey, we're getting the real Alabama kind of thing." Um, w- whether it's you know win, lose, or draw, it, that's that's they were excited about it, and, and I I totally understand that. It's uh, I, I have to say that I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't had at least maybe a couple of two or three, just because. I think I mentioned on last week's show they have probably four or five guys that are potential first-round picks, <laughs> which which is a, a lot. Uh, but hey, they're going to go. Let's do it. Let's. I think we're all excited to go and 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 see what the game brings, and and it'll be certainly a K-State celebration there of of what this team has accomplished, and hopefully uh, putting together a good performance in the bowl game.
0: So I. I- I invented a segment a couple of weeks ago. I called it the Sugar Bowl opt-out stakeout. You know, it's like a couple of cops on a stakeout, you know, watching the facility there in Tuscaloosa. Had the radio going. Ran out of peanuts at some point. But it was just kind of like a daily reminder of, like, all right, is there anything changing with Alabama? Is there an opt-out? Somebody jumping in the portal? All we've seen is portal stuff. And when it comes to guys that are now not going to play, I mean, to me, it's maybe three or four out of their 13 that are now on the portal that – Played significant time or made a, a true contribution to winning a football game. Mm-hmm. Starting offensive lineman uh, Javion Cohen, who was a guard, yep, is not going to play. And then, it, other than that, a running back played very little. I wouldn't consider him a real contributor. But JoJo Earl was, I thought, was a pretty big one. He was a really good returner. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a little bit here and there in the in the actual receiving game. The biggest receiver that jumped into the portal was Trayshawn uh Holden, who had three hundred and thirty-one yards and six touchdowns. I mean that's a that's a contributor on the two D. Oh sure. Other than that, to me that's 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 about it. Yeah,
1: I, I think that's true. And and but to me, I I'm almost looking at it from the other side. I think the fact that the first two guys you mentioned, uh Bryce Young and and Will Anderson, if they're playing I think that, that says a lot about who they are and um, what this game and their team means to them, and I don't think there's any question that those two guys are—and and again, this is a football team in Alabama that has a lot of really, 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 really fine players, but I think those two guys are clearly the leaders of the offense and the defense individually. And uh, I I salute him for playing.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll get your opinion on this. Just kind of a quick thought. You know, if you're like, so first of all, with with this opt-out stakeout, I had six Alabama players on my radar. I I just kind of went through a bunch of mock drafts Mm -hmm. to find, like, who would be first and second round guys. And I found six for Alabama. Bryce Young, Will Anderson, obviously. I mean, those are two top five pick guys. Bryce Young will probably go number one overall. Jordan Battle and Brian Branch, a couple of safeties. Corner. Malachi Moore and then running back Jameer Gibbs who's really good at like a Deuce Vaughn type of running back and they're all going to play but if, I mean if you're like Jordan Battle for instance who's projected to go I believe in the second round of the last draft I mean when you see Bryce Young and Will Anderson not opting out are you kind of like well if I opt out this to make me look real bad you kind of have to stick sure. stick through it at this point well
1: I, I think uh, visiting with Coach Kleiman today um, he mentioned a lot of guys but I think two guys that thoroughly impressed him where Brian Branch the the star guy the star position defensive player for them number 14 watch him he's all over the field heck of a player and then you mentioned the running back uh, John Merrick Gibbs he's he's um, powerful runner and yet has you know quick twitch too uh, really good combo guy I, I think he's going to be a first round pick
0: yeah, I mean, be shocked if he isn't ex- extremely, extremely talented. And I know they, you know, Trey Sanders, I don't know if he was second string or third string, but he's going to Colorado to play. Yeah. For he's Deion listed Sanders. as the fourth guy. Oh, he's the fourth. Okay. He's so not basically a big deal b- at all.
1: behind Gibbs, McClellan, and Roydell Williams. So he, Okay. but 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 again, fourth running back at Alabama, Yeah. probably can play at Colorado. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: Probably. But yeah. I, I I think this just makes, of course, the Matt. I suppose on the surface it seems scarier, I guess, that Alabama's going to be mostly a full strength. There are two studs, one offensively, one defensively. They're going to play, and it seems like a much lesser chance of winning the game if Alabama did not have Bryce Young or Will Anderson. I, I think I prefer this, I, I prefer, especially in the Sugar Bowl. If you look back at the Texas Bowl and LSU, like a whole bunch of people were opting out. They also had injuries, you know. Coaching change. Coaching change. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, just everything was happening. And I think Troy and I, the day before when you came on Wildcat Insider with us, we were both expecting blowout wins for K State. And that's what happened. And yes, it's fun to talk about K State beating LSU, a storied program, you know, what's probably considered a blue blood these days, one of the best in the SEC for a lot of years now. You know, it felt great to win that game, but you know, there's always going to be that asterisk by it because you didn't get their best shot. It's the Sugar Bowl, first second time ever K State's played in New Orleans. It's the first Sugar Bowl for the Cats. Uh, it's the first what you would call an uh, you know BCS Bowl game that wasn't the Fiesta Bowl for K State, and you get the dynasty, and you're going to get you're going to get their best shot. A team that has also lost twice this season. Mm-hmm. I know it was last second. But they're vulnerable. It's you know, it's it's still Alabama, but they're not in the college football playoff. And I think this makes it, and I'm going to agree with Coach Kleiman, the best matchup that college football will have to offer that is not a playoff game. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting thought because I think you have an Alabama team that will be motivated because, one, those guys are playing. Two, they are pretty close to home at the Sugar Bowl. Four-hour drive. Basically a four-hour drive and – I think they want to prove to everybody that they belonged. Don't you think? And with K-State, I think what you have from them is they want Alabama's best shot, win, lose, or draw, as we mentioned earlier. And I think K-State is out to prove that, hey, we can play with the big boys too. You know, So I, I, I agree with Coach. I, I, I think this could be a really, really fun ball game and a good game. We'll see how it plays out. By the way, this will be Alabama's 17th Sugar Bowl. Yep. <laughs>
0: That's, that's pretty breathtaking. They've been to New Orleans a few times. And I love the, I love the, um, the point you just made. You know, yeah. both programs do have a point to make. Sure they do. Alabama, and Nick Saban was going on national television during the Big Ten championship, also showed up on Sports Center, and he was politicking. He mm-hmm. was trying to make the claim that, hey, you guys say you want to put the best four teams in the playoff, not the four most deserving, you think. If you want to put the four best teams in there, Alabama should be in. It didn't work. Coach Kleiman, on the other hand, is now, you know, this is the representative for the Big 12, you know, as the Big 12 champions. You know, TCU, I would say, gets a bigger stage, of course, in the playoff. But, you know, you had Paul Feinbaum before the Big 12 championship game or a couple of weeks prior say, you know, nobody's going to watch this. It's the Big 12 championship game. Doesn't really matter. I mean, even though we all thought he was ridiculous, there's also a lot of people that, you know, listen to what he has to say. Oh, for sure. Very popular sports talk show host. And, you know, to be honest, you know that did kind of hurt our feelings a little bit. We took that pretty personally. And this is also, this could be what I said last week, this could be a launching pad for K-State moving forward. I mean, beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, I think, could do a lot oh, for this program. There's no doubt about that. I think a
1: lot of people understand where K-State is right now, too. They do have a lot of momentum. Uh, not just winning this year, but I think we've seen the recruiting take, take a, a notch or two forward. Um, and then you, <laughs> you win a game like that, beating uh, TCU for the Big 12 championship, and then you go beat Alabama. You think people are excited now.
0: What will that be like? I mean, I hope we find out. Yeah, I really I, truly do. And, and listen, uh, K State's going to not be the favorite in oh, this no. game. I know the odds have definitely shifted into Alabama's favor, but heck, I think according to Vegas, if, if it's still at five and a half or whatever it is now, that's still probably the best odds for an underdog against Alabama that there's been all season. That's probably right. I think I mm-hmm. think K State will get from Vegas a lot more respect, but of course, you know, all the talking heads are going to probably you know lean towards Alabama. It's going to be the same thing. Well, you know, K State's lost three games. They, you know, even though Tulane's great, they lost to Tulane, and you know this. You know, these players are not used to this big game environment. Alabama comes to this kind of environment every year. You're going to get a lot of that. Sure, a lot of naysayers towards K State. I love this opportunity now to really, in an impactful way, improve a lot of people wrong. I think that's a big goal as well in this game. Just prove a lot of people wrong.
1: Well, I think that we know K State's a good football team. I think if you follow this program and have seen this team perform this year and some of the things they've done against what was a pretty good Big 12 league this year, I think they've they've already proven they belong. Maybe not to Alabama or to the SEC, but for most everybody else. Now I think they want to prove it to Alabama.
0: By the way, you, you, you were bringing this up a couple of times off the air, but... You said Alabama released their their media notes, yeah, for this just, game just and, today. And K State already has amazing notes. Like yeah. K State athletic department in the you know Ryan Lackey and Kenny Lanou and everybody else does a fantastic job of putting together these notes every week and even in the preseason with the media guide. But you you were saying like Alabama's is like is almost a encyclopedia of knowledge. <laughs> well,
1: they have a lot to work with too, though. Yeah, you know, and it's just you know it, it'll. I mean, you can see it here. It, it'll take you a little bit that's to go a yeah. Yeah,
0: That's a book. Yeah, that's a lot of reading.
1: Yeah, but, but hey, that, that's part of what makes this fun because they have accomplished so much. I mean, the, the front page of their notes. Yeah, can I see it? Yeah, 18 national championships, 144 first-team All-Americans, 76 postseason games, 41 bowl victories, 29 SEC championships. That's all right behind Alabama Crimson Tide at the top. So okay. wow. th- they're pretty proud and yeah. should be of what, what they are.
0: I, I told you off air I was surprised that the that the first page of the cover of it wasn't just like a picture of the national championship trophy. <laughs> or like the different looking sure. types of trophies they've won over the years. Yeah. And then you gotta flip in to actually get the notes. I thought that would be actually a pretty baller move on uh on Alabama. But no, I you gonna be? Uh, are we gonna get you out on Bourbon Street uh, some point next week? Oh, I suppose probably yeah. so. Uh, I mean, I won't live there, but <laughs> but I'll be out there for a little bit probably. That's the thing. Like I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm remember, Mitch. This is a work trip. That's right. You can have fun after the bowl game. There you go. Focus on your. I don't think I'll have an issue with that. I just I love New Orleans so ec- much. You know what? I'm I'm excited for our
1: our part of it. You know, calling yeah. the game, preparing for the game, all of the interviews, the, you know, the practices, those kind of things. But it's also so cool to see all of the case Staters that will show up there and be so excited about you know what has happened to this team and and then the opportunity to play Alabama.
0: I know they're excited about it. you can just feel it. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear from Hashtag My Boy, and he's also now a two-time Consensus All-American. Someday his name's going to be on Bill Snyder Family Stadium. But first, got a bowl game to play against the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll hear from Deuce Vaughn after the break. K-State women's basketball is now 10-2. They knocked off Northern Colorado last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say, at Bramlage. 69-57. That Northern Colorado team, they are a pretty solid three-point shooting team usually, but held to just 29% last night, and uh, K-State finished 9 of 20 from 3 for 45%, as they were led 20 points and 9 rebounds from Gabby Gregory, 17 points, Briley Glenn, 12 points, Serena Sundell, Jalen Glynn. 10 points, also 7 from Emily Ebert. And um, K-State, 10 wins before the first of the year, second year in a row, and fourth time under Jeff Mitty. So doubleheader will be coming up on Wednesday. K-State women's basketball will be taking on Morgan State. That is an 11 a.m. tip-off from Bramlage. Pre-game at 10.30, and then the men will follow with a... Approximately one thirty tip off against Radford, and uh, pregame will start at twelve thirty. Twelve thirty, yep. And then the, you know we'll, we'll have both games here on K Man. Not sure how much pregame we'll get of the men's, of course, but um, you'll hear both games right here. You can go to uh, Bramlage and watch the games for yourself if you have the day off. One ticket will get you in the door for both games. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. a bad deal, is? I think Radford. I don't know much about them. I'm, I've started looking to and looking into them. Right before the show started, I didn't five hundred team, six and six, six and six, but really pretty well coached. Okay, um, their head coach is uh, Darius Nichols, who
1: I, I think, as as Coach um, Tang pointed out the other night, uh, he had a little bit of a hand in Kiate Johnson ending up in Manhattan, so we probably ought to treat him pretty well for
0: that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, you heard You yeah. heard it here first. Let's not yeah. boo the guy and yeah. boo the team, you know. We, yeah. we like Keontae Johnson around here. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's very good. But but he is in his
1: second year there uh, in coaching the Highlanders. Radford is uh, from the great state of Virginia, big south. They don't have a lot of returning guys from last year, but Josiah Jeffers, their point guard, is one of them. But they have a really good player, Dequan Smith, from Murray State, a transfer, Uh Brian Antoine, another transfer from Villanova, so kind of trying to piece it together. So I think they'll be a representative team. I, I don't know that they'll be, you know, exactly like this, but they're probably going to be Nebraska-like. I would say maybe a little
0: different stylistically, but but an okay team. Okay. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the last non-con before conference play starts. Correct. So the I Wildcats. Gonna... Here's the deal. The women's
1: game is at 11, the men at
0: 1.30. They're doing
1: that. If you're wondering, well, why are they doing that in the you know late morning, early afternoon? It's basically to get the two teams out for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, after Christmas, the men will play on the 31st, same day as the bowl game at 6 o'clock at home against West Virginia. And then they go back-to-back at Texas and at Baylor
0: in that first full week of, of the conference season. I got to be honest with you. Catching Texas the way they've been playing basketball the last couple of days. I know that's been, you know, a lot of drama. Oh sure. They're in Austin with Chris Beard getting arrested and, you know, no no really latest news on that. I mean, he still technically has his job, but he's, you know, he's kind of, you know, suspended or whatever, not being paid. And uh they've played a couple of close games against teams they they probably would blow out mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah. They're uh this might be as good as Texas has been, I'm talking about potential mm-hmm. uh, with with their group. they They have a couple of big time freshman recruits to go along with some of those guys that are back. and I, I just think they have a lot of good quality depth. And then you know, the transfer student, uh, Tyrese Hunter, who was the fabulous point guard
0: freshman of the year last year in the big twelve for Iowa State on that team too. so they're <laughs> they're pretty good. Texas, uh, when they came back, as a matter of fact, they, they played the same day that Chris Beard bonded out of jail Yeah, and beat Rice by six, and then it was yesterday, right? They played Stanford, and Stanford's not a good team, and won by ten.
1: Yeah, scored 72 points, which was a
0: yeah. pretty low mark for them. They're pretty high scoring, generally speaking. Texas was only up three at the half there in the Pac-12 Coast-to-Coast Challenge. Never heard of that until now. All right, uh, let's get to Deuce Vaughn. Uh, boy, I mean, there's. I think it's all really been said about how special the kid is, but we did find out last week, now two years in a row, a consensus All-American. And if you know the criteria to get your name in the Ring of Honor, Deuce Vaughn no doubt checks every single box and – I think it was Wednesday, right? That news came out and kind of became a long topic because there was only one other two-time consensus All-American in Chris Canty, but his name's not on the Ring of Honor, and it could be for a number of things, but there's no, I think, better representation of Kansas State, certainly these days, than Deuce Vaughn, just the kind of person that he is, and he just happens to be an amazing athlete.
1: Yeah, and Coach Kleiman talked about him quite a bit uh, at his media gathering today, just, you know how thankful Deuce is for the opportunity he's been afforded here. All he really wanted was a chance. So many people saw him and saw the size and not the talent. <laughs> I think K-State saw the size, but also recognized the talent. Um, and he's he's just been an amazing individual here for now three years. But again, back-to-back consensus All-Americans, I think, says everything you need to say. Um, but But again, like you say, He's every bit as special as, a, as an individual as he is as a football player, and that says a lot because he's a magnificent football
0: player. There's no doubt about that. Well, earlier today, Deuce Vaughn speaking with the K-State media.
2: Was there any thought? Have you opting out in this game? Uh, no, sir. Uh, as soon as we, we got the Sugar Bowl bid, uh, Sugar Bowl's been a game that I wanted to play in since I was a little kid. I've watched it every single year from Alabama with uh, playing against Ohio State with Ezekiel Elliott and uh, just going up Alabama playing Clemson and all of these types of games. Clemson playing Ohio State to be in this type of game, man, is a game that I'm going to relish. and Playing in the Superdome, man, uh, it's a big time. What do you think about Alabama, an opportunity to play against a program like that? Yeah, uh, man, they're, they're standard. Uh, you, you've seen what Nick Saban's done with that uh, program and the players that they brought in, the players that they continue to bring in. Uh, it's no different this year. a really good football team, and, uh, man, super excited for this opportunity. I would Deuce summarize what you've accomplished in 36 college games? Uh, it's hard to put into words. It's unreal, uh, the the amount of success that I've been able to have. And, of course, uh, y'all probably, is pro- I'm probably like a broken record. I can't take all the credit uh, for the things that I've done. I've had so many hands uh, poured in, so many people poured into me over my time here, and uh, 36 games have flown by. That's one thing I will say. And, uh, man, I'm thankful for every single person that, that's that been in uh, my journey, and, uh, man, it's unreal. How sweet is a, is a Big 12 championship game memory for you? Get the long touchdown run. And then you guys hold on to win in overtime in that celebration. That's huge. That's going to be something i never forget because winning a baseball championship is what we set out to do whenever I first got here as a freshman and for it to be uh, three years down the road now to be able to accomplish that with this team and uh, this pe- these people inside this building, man, um, it's a big thank you. This team has been underrated. Your coach said that. Your, this team has been underrated all season long. You think the folks at the SEC are underrating you guys now? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen anything on social media. I haven't looked at anything, but uh, that we, we're, we're comfortable in the underdog spot. Uh, we have that chip on our shoulder. That's how we attack our process of getting ready for every single game, so it's not going to be any different going into this one. We're going to say you guys were the betting favorite against TCU. Really? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so not everybody
0: thinks you're
2: the underdog. No, no doubt, man.
0: What it mean to you to see Duren Sprouls on the sideline in Texas?
2: Huge. Uh, second time seeing him in person. I've uh, been able to contact him. Uh, I have his phone number and things like that. He's been somebody that – uh, is Like I've said this before, the blueprint for, for a guy that's my size and plays this position and uh, to be able to talk with him for a little bit on that sideline. And then it, it was a big-time motivation as well to go out there and play well because, I mean, you have the, the greatest of all time that come through this uh, this program out there supporting you in a game like that, man. Uh, you run a little bit harder. So he's, he's somebody
0: you can relate to when, when you see film or highlights of him playing?
2: Absolutely. Uh, he was somebody that I watched growing up, especially whenever he was in kind of his back end of his. Career in the NFL because uh, once I got to high school and uh, stopped growing, he was somebody that I kind of attached to because of uh, his size and the way that he was doing things. Which of you is bigger? And you got up right next to him. Which who's bigger? I'd say it's about. I'd say about the same. Uh, what's it called? Uh, that, which was really really cool to be able to stand right next to him, and be eye to eye with him, and, um, and he's probably a little bit thicker than I am. But uh, man, we we got some years to put on some pounds, uh, and but it was it was really really cool. How often have you rewatched the touchdown run you had against DC? Uh it was on social media a whole bunch so I'm not going to lie I've I've seen all types of different angles and uh, angles from the sideline angle from uh in the stands that people have sent me and uh, it is really cool and just the the I guess the the, the feeling of, of hearing the, the, the crowd roar and everything like that was really, really cool because once you're running on the field and uh, you're kind of monkey brain, so you don't really hear anything that's going on. Uh, so to hear those videos and how loud it was in, the, in that stadium was really, really cool. Oh, I was gonna say, you, So you really couldn't hear the crowd roaring when you had that run? No, uh, it's, it's one of the things whenever you're on the field, uh, people always ask me, like, can you hear the doos? And I can only hear it if I'm getting up after a first down. Uh, But whenever I'm running, I can't hear anything. Uh, Well, I could hear it. Like, as soon as you cut and that guy fell over, the crowd went from, like, here to here. Deuce
0: Vaughn. Yeah, I – boy, yes. From my spot in the press box, yes, Deuce, it got very loud when you scored that touchdown. The juke was – sorry about that. The juke was sick. And also, my favorite angle of Deuce's touchdown was actually from the sideline k State sideline, and it was right kind of where like, like where the you know the 25-yard line where the media line meets the, the box there for the bench. And then Kleiman comes into frame, and he's like throwing some shadow kidney punches through the air, I, just fist pumping. That that was I, – I love that Chris Kleiman. That so jacked up, enthused Chris Kleiman is the best. I'll equate this a little bit differently probably, but it's kind of
1: like the play at the end of the half against Nebraska the other night where – they get the perfect lob to Casson for the stuff to end the half, yeah. and yeah. Co- I don't know if you you may have not have seen Coach Tang, but he jumped what looked to be like three feet into the air, and just did the fist pump and was like, it was done to perfection. That's because ex- because David did his thing at the right time, then the perfect pass, the perfect dunk. I mean, it all all was just right there, and you know Deuce is one of those guys that. He's such a difference-making guy. It doesn't take a lot. And that's, you know, we've said this before, but we just kept saying, they're, you know, you got to keep using him and keep using him because it only takes one. And that, I think it was the second play after we said that,
0: gone. There was a, uh, speaking of Coach Tang, <laughs> um, being, in, you know, just being fired up, there was at one point in the game against Nebraska, he tried to, he, he started throwing his hands up in the air, getting the crowd fired up. Yes. I was like, that reminded me. And it worked. It, it took did. them a
1: little bit to see it, but once yeah. they saw it, they were all in.
0: That's a great yeah. way, Coach Tang, to bring the crowd alive is start pumping. Because I remember Frank Martin did that once. Oh, sure. And I believe it was either the KU or Texas game. Maybe Texas was number one at the time. can't remember which game it was, but he was standing right in front of you and oh yeah, getting the crowd pumped up. And everybody, <laughs> as soon as his arms started going up, the place jumped to its feet. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's uh, – it's a great way, great way, if you need the crowd into it, big play.
1: It is interesting, though, to hear Deuce say that he can't hear that when he's running. Is. Maybe when, when the play's over and he's getting up is the way he described it. I, I think we could all certainly understand that, but it kind of shows you how locked in he is as he's doing his craft, so to speak. Well, it's
0: also funny, you know, in, in basketball, in, in a smaller venue – the, the, the sound certainly carries down to the floor. Mm-hmm. I, it, when it's loud behind me I, or towards me with the students in front of us, it does get very loud. Sure. Um, in football, it's kind of funny because, you know, being at ground level, I remember at the bowl game, it being loud, but it didn't carry as – like it probably should have been louder than, uh, on the field than you would imagine because like, in the stadiums, the sound goes straight up, mm-hmm. straight up. Um, you know it's just it's kind of the the mechanics of that it, it's funny but one thing that was great about Deuce's run too is as we described this and I'm,
1: I'm sure everybody that was either there or has watched the game or what have you recognizes this but as he's running for the score and making the juke and getting in there I mean he's running towards a very large portion of K-State fans
0: yes towards the band yes yep.
1: <laughs> so uh, it it got monumentally loud
0: as the farther he kept going, uh, it was it was a special moment. I'll never forget uh, no. when when Ty Zinner's field goal went through. I f- I was filming it on my phone. I wanted to post it on Twitter, but I didn't watch my phone when I wanted to see it with my own eyes. Sure, watch the the kick go through. And I'm always I'm a I love watching a crowd pop and just go nuts, watching that ball go through and watching the K State crowd from bird's eye view go bananas, that was just, it's hard to put into words how much I loved it and appreciated it. It just, it really told the story of what it meant for that play to take place and win it.
1: Well, it was really cool at the presser today visiting with some of the players, because I asked specifically Cooper Beebe this and also Eli Huggins, that moment where the kick is good, where were you, what did you do? you know, what was it like, kind of describe that. And it was uniquely different to, to hear both of the answers because Cooper said, what I remember first and foremost was, is I hugged the first player I saw. And I think he said something to the effect of, I'm not sure if I remember who that was. <laughs> <laughs> so you, it kind of gives you an idea of, of it got pretty crazy pretty quick.
0: The funny part of, to me about that was, uh, <laughs> I caught it on the TV broadcast. Like, it seemed like every, for like a, three seconds, everybody was trying to pick up Deuce. Yeah. Deuce just kind of ran out of it because everybody's picking him up. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way of celebrating. I get it. You know, it's yep. Deuce, but I don't know if you've got to pick him up. Yeah. You know? uh, anyway, we got to get to a break. When we come back. I uh, want to squeeze in a couple of things. It's our f- uh, final Wildcat Insider of the year, the calendar year. want to get Wyatt's thoughts on just some of the memorable moments of 2022, and I'll ask him a meet the Wildcats question after. The- well, during the last couple of breaks, Wyatt, I've been just jotting down some notes of what I would think of is like, without going too overboard with just one particular sport, just trying to come up with my favorite memories of 2022. And I think, you know, like first Tuesday of 23, I'll put together a top 10 list of my favorite moments in 2022. But I love just from your perspective is you have a little bit more of a relationship of course with the teams especially the ones with football and men's basketball the connections there that you have to hear and you've been on the road with these teams of just what stands out to you as we return to Wildcat Insider of your favorite moments for K-State in 2022.
1: Well I think in this particular case there are so many but you, you do have to start I think with football and and the big twelve championship game um, and and accomplishing that in a year where the league was so good, winning four out of five conference games on the road, <laughs> you know, uh, enduring through some difficulty with injuries at times, including Adrian Martinez, and then the the incredible story that's turned out to be the twenty two version of will Howard. Will was great today with the media talking about, you know, they asked him a lot of very, very good questions. Um, one was somewhat, I'll be paraphrasing this certainly, but, you know, during the hardest moments of the first couple of years, did you ever envision anything quite like this? And it, it, I thought it was a pretty, pretty good question. And he, he said, you know, I've always felt like I could play, and I'm, again, paraphrasing here too, but... um he said, I worked really, really hard in the off season and became a better thrower. That's helped me a lot just from a confidence standpoint and the game slowing down. But he he was an amazing story, too. But I think you'd have to start there. Um, you know, I think about what it's taken in terms of effort for Chris Kleiman over four years to get to this point and, and him talking today as an example about, you know, all of the things that happened to, to get there. I'm sure he wanted it to happen quicker than, you know, the fourth year. But but here we are um, with, with a Big 12 championship team, and you have to start there, period, end of story. It was an amazing thing.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Big 12 championship, of course, you know. And I think basketball probably have to go – well, men's basketball, just – the, the press conference that Jerome Tang had. Uh, I You know, the the story is still being written for 2022. There's still a game, to, two sure. games to be played. Um, you know, there's it, been a lot of highlight dunks, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but really made an impact day one. Yeah. You know, I, I look back
1: on that now and think about that day and how special it was. I, I know you know my counterpart at Baylor, John Morris, who's one of the really, really good guys in the world, and I remember talking to him afterwards and, and and saying, Coach Tang didn't hit a home run today. He hit a monumental grand slam with that press conference with, with fans. Um, and, and I I think that will always be the case. Uh, just the excitement that he brought that day, and it's a great day to be a Wildcat. I'll never forget that, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Um, and he's he's off to a quick start, and I think just scratching the surface of – you know what he's capable of here so that that's that's really exciting too that you certainly have to put that right up there too don't you
0: yes absolutely yeah. I, I do want to shout out a few more just a few i had okay um and again i'll, I'll put together a top 10 list at some point but these I, I think are very important to mention and i hope i'm you know when i come when i think of the top top things i hope i'm not leaving anything out um but if it wasn't for k-state in football winning the big 12 championship my number one, no doubt about it, would be Aoki scoring sixty-one points against Absolutely. Oklahoma. Yeah. I was there in person. I was doing. The, I was the PA announcer, and we all knew. Like people, I don't know if it's Randy Peterson or other people are just kind of keeping track of it. Where like I know, like a bunch of us were like googling, "What's the record? What's the record?" Mm-hmm. And we found out. And I think somebody let the bench know if it was Randy or not. That hey, Aoki is like really close to breaking the division one record the scoring record individual single game scoring record and uh i knew it was like she got one more basket i was like gonna really give it all i had in the announcement and i did and to see to see that all take place the the place went nuts as soon as she scored because i think we all kind of figured out at some point if they put it on the video board or not that she was going to break the single game scoring record that that is a moment. I was so happy to be there in person. Oklahoma was a top 25 team and as soon as that bucket was scored, timeout, she comes out of the game. And guess what? If it was just Aoka Lee versus Oklahoma, we have a tie ball game. Because Oklahoma had 61 points when she had 61 points. Incredible moment to see that kind of thing take place. And guess what? If you haven't been to Bramlage lately, she has her own banner in Bramlage, uh, and it's got the scoring record on it, but someday there will be a number 50 Aokalee retired jersey in the rafters of Bramlage Coliseum, and uh, by the way, coming back next year. I don't think you will ever forget that.
1: Uh, I, I would even say, you know, you'll be telling your grandkids about it. Oh yeah! It's just one of those things where everybody's gonna. It's it's like the 0-3 championship game. Were you at Arrowhead? You know, and just the euphoria of that. Um, the, I mean, even going back for some of the older K Staters, if you remember the Rolando Blackman shot to beat Oregon State, and those, those kind of things are moments in time that people will. I, I you know, the, going back to the the championship game. I mean the. The the goal line stand. I said at the yeah. end. I'm continuing to say it. I think people will talk about that with the reverence they do as the middle screen to Darren and 3 and those kind of things. It's it's been a special year.
0: One more shout out. I want to add to that list. Classy Cats winning a national championship. Absolutely. Back in April. Yeah, you you have to throw that in there. I mean, that was just an incredible deal. Awesome. Real quick, White. We only got about thirty seconds. Favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> thirty seconds. I'll do it fast. Okay.
1: Serious, a wonderful life. Not so serious, the obvious. Christmas vacation.
0: Happy, uh, Merry Christmas, Wyatt. Hopefully, you get <laughs> you your too, shopping buddy. done. Oh, oh
1: yeah, we'll we'll do the best we can.
0: That's that's is our last Wildcat Insider <laughs> of twenty twenty two. We'll be back for the second Monday of twenty twenty three for Travion Wyatt. I'm Mitch. Go Cats.
1: Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350 KMAN.